Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight, we have a special preview 2024 season for the Chicago Fire. Here today with Alex Campbell, special guest to talk about the Chicago Fire. Alex, how are you doing today? Good, Bob. Uh, good to be back for, I believe, what is my third year in a row doing the Fire episode? Yeah, yeah. You you were almost one of the OGs. You, you've been with us for, for that long, and you know we always preview the Fire every year and just catch up whenever there's any good news around the Chicago Fire. So we, we barely talk. That, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the good news has been few and far between. Uh, there's been some this off season that I think you could categorize as good news and we'll get to that, but yeah, it's been, it's been seven seasons now of, uh, not much to, not much to smile about, but that's okay. Cause we're here, we're talking, we're previewing it anyway. Um, the Chicago fire, one, one of the, the long time you guys have been there since the beginning, uh, maybe a new logo you got some new uh kits going on this year got a new look we got the light blue going on now instead of that uh, dark navy i like that let's get into recapping the 2023 season last year you guys were 10 10 and 14 13th in the east 39 goals scored very very low 51 goals allowed very very high negative 12 goal differential that puts you where you are um you know no, no, nothing surprising there for what you guys mm. contributed on the field you did have a stretch in the summer winning five out of six matches so when, when you look at like your sheet like your season sheet it's like red 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 gray 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 red 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 gray 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 green 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 red 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 gray you know so uh it's very interesting because that stretch either showed a sign of hope or means that if you didn't have that winning streak, your team would have finished even worse. How do you take it? How do you take the 2023 season? Yeah, it was one of those strange... Sorry, you broke up there for a second. Yeah, it was one of those strange cases where they went on a really good run of four mid-season, and then I believe it was right at before the um, the League's Cup tournament, and then that just absolutely killed all of their momentum. They were, you know, they were hovering just inside the playoffs at that point. Um, really, really tough run down the stretch. There was some in hindsight, false hope that emerged after they beat a messy-less Miami team 4-1 to one at Soldier Field, and then they promptly lost at home to Charlotte a few days later, and that was basically that. So, yeah, I mean, this team has shown flashes, you know, at various points in the last several seasons, but, um, you know, no matter who the manager has been, and even if when there's been slight tweaks to the playing squad, it, it just doesn't seem to have mattered very much. This team has kind of been basically just stuck in the mud for – for years now, and I mean, you talk about the the issues of last season. There were times they were a decent defensive team, but they could not be both at once. They were either a team that could defend, and then were just could not find a way to counter and score goals, or they were a team that when they tried to actually play good soccer and go forward, just got absolutely ripped apart defensively. Um, so yeah, this is a team that's really lacked identity for years now, and the kind of the big open question is: Is twenty twenty four going to be a year where they find some of that? Well, let's look at the contributors from last season. Marion Haile Selassie, six goals, three assists. Kai Kamara, five goals and an assist. Shakiri five goals, four assists. I guess he can see he's contributing now, but not really what we expected from the DP when he first signed. Um, Hebert's 
four goals, two assists. Casper Shabilko, four goals and two assists. And Brian Gutierrez, two goals and six assists. Last year, we barely knew who this uh, kid, Haile Selassie, was. I remember we talked about uh, that that's the name of the emperor of Ethiopia that, like, the uh, uh, Rasta religion is founded around. Very yeah, and he, uh, he insists he is not there. related to him, and that it's just a coincidence. That's fine with me. Uh, he was your top contributor last year. I guess everyone knows who he is now, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was kind of an unknown. I mean, the Fire have made another signing this offseason we'll get to, but he comes in from Lugano which is the other club in Switzerland that is owned by uh, fire owner Joe Mansueto. You know, he had put up decent numbers over there, but it's not like he was ripping up the Swiss league, which is a decent level. But if a guy didn't really contribute there, you wouldn't expect him to suddenly jump up in MLS. And although he didn't, you know, set the world on fire last year, he proved that he is a very, you know, consistent MLS quality winger. A guy who can help you out a lot. Great worker, great helps defensively. Played a little wing back at times last year, which had mixed results. But no, I mean he was a real bright spot. But I think the problem is six goals cannot be your team high. And when you look at second Kai Kamara, those five all came early in the season. Uh, he was stuck yeah. on you know one goal from moving into second place all time in MLS history and passing Landon Donovan, and he never got it. And he was stuck on that mark since like May. Uh, the fire really didn't have any answers at striker. They were, you know, the thought was they were going to bring in a designated player number nine last off season. Um, and that you would have um, Kamara kind of as a veteran presence and off the bench, late guy, Georgios Kutsius, 19 year old was developing and they were hoping Casper Shabilka would bounce back after an anonymous debut season with the fire. Um, that didn't happen. Kamara played way more minutes than was anticipated. And I think I personally think he just ran out of gas you look further down that list, though, I mean, Fabian Herbers, those goals came in a burst, you yeah. know, where he had kind of a purple patch where he scored four goals in six games. Um, Shakiri, I mean, nine goal contributions for a guy making over $8 million a year. That's just not going to cut it. And, you know, some of that is on his striking options weren't great. You know, Shabilko, Kamara, you know, Jorgos Kutsias doesn't even make this list. So I, the, the fire, I think, are really hoping that, you know, that their chance creation is enough and that they're finishing is what needs to improve. They have severely underperformed their expected goals for multiple seasons now. And so, but still, you, you need to see more from somebody like Shakiri, and they yeah. need to see a jump this season from Brian Gutierrez. Absolutely. And when I look at this uh, th- this lineup here, what I, what I see is the age, 24, 39, 32, 30, 30, and then Brian Gutierrez. Had, um, that's the wrong side of, mm-hmm. of that for Major League Soccer in 2024. That's not going to get it done. Um, let's talk quickly. Uh, you got you got to pick an MVP. From last season? Yep. I mean, I guess Heli Selassie is that guy. I mean, this is this is slim pickings. I think for player of the year last year, it was a kind of a split vote between him, uh, Mauricio Pineda for being willing to do just a little bit of everything, uh, Rafa Shihos and Chris Brady in goal. I think it's either Halle Selassie or Brady, who is yet another young fire goalkeeper who is playing well, well beyond his years. As far as and I know you wanted to talk about people who overperformed, I guess that's an opportunity to talk a little bit about Brady. Um, you know, he's not perfect. Neither was Gaga Slanina in his final full season as a member of this team. But yeah. I mean, Chris is certainly wise beyond his years. He's a really mature, mature young man. Nice guy. 19 uh, years old, played 2,600 minutes last year. Though Those two things are going are gonna to help out every time. Yeah, his shot stopping is really already at a pretty high level. His his distribution and his positioning needs some work. 
Uh, but that's a name to watch for another guy making a big move out of MLS at some point. And another guy who definitely overperformed was Jonathan Dean, who was brought in from Birmingham Legion of the USL Championship. Definitely just expected to be a depth piece at right back, was more of an attacking fullback in USL than a defender. And then Arno Suke didn't play particularly well. Dean got his chance, and he's proven that he is, you know, he's a solid depth option in Major League Soccer, which was not a uh, not a given going into last year. But you know, it's also a sign that you didn't have a great season when, hey, one of the most impressive guys was the guy who was supposed to be the backup right back. Let's turn the page. 2023 is now history. We're going to look ahead to 2024, and we're going to start by talking about some incoming and outgoing players. This chart, however, this time of year is probably already a little bit out of, uh, um, a little outdated, but you got a Hugo Kuiper, new striker. You needed a new striker. You went out and got Tom Barlow for some reason. I don't understand why you have enough strikers who can't score. That was not an issue for you last season, but you you added some depth to the strikers who can't score category, but you also added Hugo. So let's talk about the striker position. Uh, in Yeah, so it, it's crowded right now. Um, I think to briefly say something about Tom Barlow, I think the biggest thing he's there to do is run and press like hell especially late in games, a big problem the Fire had last year was that they would defend in this 4-4-2 block, and the front of the block would be Shakiri and either Kamara or Shabilko, and none of those guys can run. And so the result of that was if the opposing team had any defenders who would who could pass, that was just a nightmare because the Fire simply could not stop those passes in the midfield. So I think that's mostly what Barlow's there for. Kuypers, though, I mean, this is the DP number nine that there's been whispers about for, you know, three years at this point and, you know, reporting that the fire were willing to spend big on a striker and, you know, they just never materialized. Kuypers, $12 million is the initial fee reportedly, potential to rise to $14 million. Um, so that makes him the club record signing. And if the incentives are hit, he's definitely top five in MLS history, maybe as high as third. Um, he won the Golden Boot in Belgium. Not yeah, you know, yeah, he did. There, there's a lot of Belgium talent in in Major League Soccer right now. You have, uh, you know, people don't want to talk about it. Dante Van Zier on Red Bull, and he was, you know, the Golden Boot winner. That I think the previous year, or, or darn close to it. I'm seeing here, uh, Kuipers, 20 goals in 31 starts last season um, in the first division for Ghent in Belgium. That's got to put a smile on your face. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a positive. They Obviously, the fire will be uh, hoping that Kuypers is not a Van Zier-type player, neither on nor off the field, or I suppose the off-the-field stuff very much originated on the field. You know, So he's been a pretty big disappointment in New York. Um, obviously, the fire will be hoping Kuypers is not. I mean, his underlying numbers are all really, really strong, and yeah. this is a guy who it's honestly surprising after the season he had last year in Belgium, his age and his profile – that he's not playing in, you know, the Bundesliga or Ligue 1 in France. This year. So um, if he can score a decent number of goals, yes, it's a lot of money, but it'll be well worth it for the fire if they could finally, for the first time in years, have a dependable center forward. Could have gone with Ben Teke on that comparison, too, talking about another Belgium striker. Yeah. Um, you were talking about running, adding some speed, adding some depth. You guys added Andrew Gutman, who's kind of a polarizing figure, another player from the Red Bull system. There's a nice little line there from Red Bull, you know, to Nashville or to Chicago. Uh, Andrew Gutman adds a little bit from the left wing. I prefer more of a wing back because he's a little less defensive back there, but that's going to 
um, be a, you know it, it's a position to need. You needed a fullback. You needed two fullbacks, so you, you picked one up there. Um, and Tobias Salquist, you got a new starting center back. I assume he's going to be um, an everyday starter there. And you guys are busy this offseason. Kellen Acosta. Now, this is rumored. This is not official yet, but it's like he's with the team he's playing, but his contract details aren't out. So I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it. Yeah, he's training with the fire out in Coachella. Um, there's some blurry pictures of him watching a preseason match that had gone to kind of viral in fire circles on the Internet. Um, yeah, it was last week. It was reported by Tom, Bar- uh, Tom Bogert at The Athletic that the deal was agreed and done. The fire tweeted out a little social media graphic where it showed a phone and it rang and the national anthem played indicating like, you know, they were signing a U.S. international. And then it's been almost a week now and nothing. Um, so no one's really sure what's going on there. But if they if that deal is indeed done and he's healthy, that's just such a huge upgrade because the fire have been really lacking in that defensive midfield space over these last couple of seasons, you know, between whether it's ill-disciplined by some players, a complete lack of defensive instinct by others. They just they need somebody who can solidify the center of the field. And Acosta would definitely be a um, a big uh, a big help for that. And then just a quick word on Gutman. I mean, he's a guy who came up through the Fire Academy. He's yeah, from Hinsdale, Illinois, a little southwest of the city. Uh, due to differences between him and club management at the time, he did not sign a homegrown contract when he finished school at Indiana University. So... He signed with Celtic in Scotland, never played there, bounced around MLS on loans. You know, you mentioned the Red Bulls, uh, eventually Atlanta, ends up yeah. in Atlanta before being traded mid-season last year to Colorado. And then a trade that I don't know what the Rapids were doing. They basically sent Gutman to Chicago in exchange for Miguel Navarro in a straight swap. And then Navarro clearly didn't want to be there, so they loaned him to a club in Argentina. So, yeah, that that's potentially, especially if he's successful in Chicago, Gutman, that's a potentially very one-sided trade in uh, in the Fire's favor. Absolutely. Now, well, I'm going to pull up the depth chart in just a few minutes so we can discuss uh, that. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about uh, coach formation, tactics. What should we expect to see week in and week out from the Chicago Fire? That's a really good question. Um, Frank Klopas is the head coach again. This is his second time with that title, and this follows him being the interim for the second half of last season after Ezra Hendrickson was let go. Um, yeah, I mean, the Fire, regardless of their manager, have largely played a pretty vanilla, bog-standard 4-2-3-1 the last, I mean, forever. That's just been the formation this team has played. It is what most MLS teams do because MLS has in- incentivized everybody to buy tricky number 10s, and so you have to find a way to build around them. And that formation is more or less the only real way to do it. Um, And so we don't know what we're going to see from Frank Klopas, really. I mean, I think formationally that 4-2-3-1 is likely to still be the shape. But I mean, how does does he use Shakiri any differently? Does he use Brian Gutierrez any differently? How does he try to get the most out of this group of players? And so, yeah, I, I honestly don't really know what to expect. The Fire have not been a particularly interesting tactical team the last several years. I don't know if that's going to change all that much. I think the biggest way the fire could upgrade is, you know, substitution patterns and decisions have been a big talking point and just getting the team to buy in seems to have been a problem. The last couple of managers who've been let go, it seems like the team's really never bought into them. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing to see in the first couple of weeks of the season, if there's going to be anything noticeably different 
about the way this fire team play or if it's going to largely look like more of the same. It's an interesting project to be sure, you know. Um, let's talk about the depth chart now. Number nine, you got Hugo Kuypers. I assume you want him to play 34 games next season. Plug him in. That should not be an issue. Um, his age, his fitness shouldn't be an issue. Just plug him in, play him um, behind him. You got a whole bunch of guys. I assume Tom Barlow is going to be the guy that you're going to bring on late, but I think that that's pretty, pretty set in stone there. Um, you know, I, I have kind of a 4-3-3 shown on the graphics, but use your imagination. The names don't fit. It's for graphics sake more than, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, anything else going on here. Um, we expect Marin Haile Selassie to hold the left wing position. Chris Mueller is right behind him, and we saw Chris play really, really well down in Orlando. He was like a sweetheart during uh, MLS's back tournament back in 2020, um, but just hasn't really impressed as much since those days and then out on the right wing starting is Shakiri. now he could be a 10 he could be a right wing depending on where Brian Gutierrez is uh let's talk about the wings yeah I, I think it's depending on formationally what they do it's going to be interesting to see um you know if the fire get the Kellen Acosta deal done the next thing they're looking at is replacing the now gone Jairo Torres one of the worst designated player signings in MLS history um, they're going to have a young DP spot open. Uh, winger is certainly the spot they'd probably look to go there, both because it's you know a, you know they want to bolster the attack and Shakiri's in a contract year. Um, yeah, I mean I think Shakiri and Gutierrez. It's really curious because Guti's best position in most people's opinion is as a ten, and it feels like he's at a bit of a crossroads where he has to decide if he wants to be a winger or if he wants to be a, a more attacking number eight, and you know what kind of player does he want to be. And then you mentioned Chris Mueller. I mean, he's a guy who sustained a serious season-ending knee injury early last year after looking pretty bright in his limited opportunities to that point for the fire after being acquired mid-season the year before. So I think he's almost like a new signing. At least that's what head coach Frank Klobos has said. And it's going to be interesting to see if if he pushes Holly Selassie. They're definitely going to be fighting for starter minutes. Um, Yeah, I, I think it's... Again, it's it's going to largely be dependent on how do you get Shakiri in the best places? How do you get Guti in the best places? And then also just availability. We've got a Euros this summer. There's an Olympics this summer, you know, Copa America. So there's going to be guys coming in and out all the time. And so it's going to probably be pretty fun. I love it. So we talked about the top four. Let's talk about the two holding midfielders. Did you see these as like twin sixes or twin eights, a six and an eight? How do you see the uh, second line there? It's so I think the thought was it was supposed to be a six and an eight with Fetty Navarro being the more of the six and Gaston Jimenez being the eight. But the problem is neither of those players are really what they were sold as, at least to fans or even just publicly by the team, and by the coaches. Um, Fetty Navarro is a guy who wants to press up. He wants to fly into tackles. I mean, he's he is defense first. He's not really an attacking help, but he's a guy who wants to try to intercept the, the ball to break up things in midfield. He's not going to sit and protect the back line. And then next to him, Jimenez is kind of a luxury player, um, but without the production of one, he's, I guess, best described as an eight, but his defensive work rate is poor, just flat out. He, he can ping a nice pass around. He's got a decent left foot, but there has just simply not been the right combo with those two. And I think I speak for fire fans when I say no one really wants to see a Fetty and Gaston double pivot ever again because simply it just didn't work. The team functioned better when Mauricio Pineda would play in one of those spots because although he is somewhere between a defensive mid and a center back, 
he understood the responsibility of my job is to protect the back line and give some solidity. So that's really where Acosta can be a game changer because either you play Acosta with Navarro and Acosta has the discipline to let Fetty kind of buzz around and do his thing, or you play Acosta with Jimenez and Jimenez's defensive shortcomings are less of an issue when Acosta is on the field with him. So, yeah, if if Kellen Acosta is starting for the fire in a couple of weeks' time, that's maybe the biggest upgrade of the offseason. Either, now, I obviously, people would say, what about Kuypers at striker? But I think, I think it's equally important that the fire aren't just a sieve through midfield, that, you know, they were just way too easy to pass through. I'm actually really liking this whole left side of the field here. If you have Kellen Acosta there, because Gutman will overlap him, Kellen will drop back. Kellen Acosta's even had starts at left back, I think, when Rapids were really desperate. So I want to see how that whole left side of the field, that's like, that's your strength. You know, that 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 that, that spine there uh, is going to be really interesting to watch. Let's talk about the back line, because you guys gave up 51 goals, I think it was, last year. And you yeah, can't do that again and expect to have a better result. So is this an improved squad? You have Chichos, the new uh, signing at center back uh Solquist and then you got Gutman and Arangoni at the fullback position yeah I think you know it can't really go down I mean if if we go right to left here right back last year they signed Arno Souquet veteran from France and the aforementioned Jonathan Dean as his backup and it was thought that okay that's a pretty clear one too and then Souquet just flat out wasn't very good he neither had the the fitness to really be an attacking fullback and his one-on-one defending was okay, but not good enough to justify him being totally absent anytime the fire had possession. Um, so Aragoni comes in. He is this year's Hali Selassie. He is technically in on a loan from Lugano, where he was there every day starting right back. Uh, so the job's going to be his, I think, to lose. He's also six foot tall, has played some center back and some left back. So that gives the fire... Uh, a pretty big added height over Suke, who's not that big a guy. Salquist, totally unknown quantity. He's a guy who's been a reliable mid-table Danish center back for his um, for his home club Silkeborg IF in Denmark. So it, it's kind of hard to know. You'd think he's coming in to start. Carlos Tehran is currently injured to start the season, so I think that's the biggest thing that opens the door. Uh, Shehos getting older, but club captain, he's going to be there when he's healthy. And then Gutman, I think, is just such a big overlap. You talk about the left side. We saw this already in the Fires preseason game yesterday against LAFC with uh, Gutierrez playing on the left and Gutman overlapping him. And that's really the best of both worlds because you want Gutierrez getting into more central positions. And Gutman provided an assist on the Fires' one goal. It was a great cross that was headed in by Fabian Herbers. And I, I think that left side, to your point, is really somewhere where the fire can be a lot better. Miguel Navarro was just a total defensive liability for much of the last couple of years, and just his attacking impact wasn't good enough. He also might have single-handedly knocked the fire out of the playoffs or like been the straw that broke the camel's back the last two seasons running. He has a, uh, a tendency on the final day of the season to just commit really stupid fouls to give away penalties, and so hopefully Gutman at least uh, doesn't do that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the some storylines we should follow. Any given Saturday, I turn on the TV. What should I be watching about the Chicago Fire? What should I be keeping an eye on? I think really just to see. I mean, obviously the headline is going to be Kuipers. I mean, Hugo Kuipers is he is he the long awaited goal scoring savior that the Fire and their fans have been waiting for? And really broadly, did the Fire and Sporting Director Georg Heitz finally have a good offseason? Fans were 
bewildered that Heights kept his job and was did not only keep his job, but was given a contract extension this offseason. And, you know, that combined with just keeping Klopas on and giving him the head coach tag instead of interim. I mean, um, you know, the vibes were at a pretty all-time low at the turn of the year. Um, obviously, some of the signings they made, Kuypers in particular, has has raised those expectations a little bit. Um, and I alluded to it earlier. I think maybe the most important player storyline this season is Brian Gutierrez. This year feels like it's got to be a year he takes a step. If he is going to be a guy who gets a decent-sized move to Europe, if he's going to be a guy that's a future U.S. men's national team contributor, I think this is the year we're going to see – we need to see him – make that jump i mean he's he's a good player he's got a long future in mls if that's what he wants but you know i think he wants more than that he wants to be part of the olympic team in paris this summer he's gotta step it up particularly in front of goal he just you know we we dragged the strikers for not scoring goals but gucci had two last year and should have had five or six at least he just seems to lose his composure when he hits that 18 yard box so i think that's the story to watch is is this this has got to be the year and so if guti is going to be that guy i think you're going to see it in 2024 love it you guys got a lot to look forward to it's going to be an interesting season i i hope that as good or as bad as it gets you at least have some excitement you know like if if we're going to be bad let's at least make it interesting yeah be an entertaining team to watch like in you know this goes across sports you know if you're going to be bad be fun bad um, and the fire have not been fun bad really at any point. They're flashes of good or just bad and boring. And then that's just not any sort of recipe for success. So, you know, I, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I think fans, they want to see a more attack minded team. They want to see a team that's not just going to bunker and try to grind out games. Um, and they want to see a team that they feel connected to. I think, you know, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of kids that have been around this team. And fans certainly are connected to that. But there's, you know, again, it, it kind of feels like everybody's just kind of, you know, um, disconnected a bit. And so the 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 best medicine is goals and is winning games. And so, yeah, I think I think there is some cautious optimism around this team. And, yeah, hopefully it's a more fun season than the Fire have had in a while. That would do everybody a lot of good around here. Absolutely. I'd love to see that. Alex, again, Alex Campbell, let us know where we can find your work. Uh, I'm in a few places. I'm at a Campbell sports on Twitter and most socials, a Campbell sports. Um, I also host the CHGO fire podcast. Uh, that's currently running every other week. Uh, looking forward to being back for my third season of that subscribe, listen, wherever you get your podcasts, we are at CHGO underscore fire on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's, I, th- I think that just about does it. It does. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, helping preview the Chicago Fire for the 2024 Major League Soccer season. Remember, ID Sports is one of the only places you can find radio hosts, podcasters, you know, play-by-play call announcers. We have all kinds of the, the best people in the business talking Major League Soccer to preview each and every one of the 29 teams. You can find us youtube.com backslash i80sports or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for the designated pundits. We'll be there. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to be here with me um, and, and discussing the fire. Good luck this season, and, and I'll catch you real soon. Thanks so much, Bob. Always enjoyed it.